Welcome to Lipstick Attitude, hosted by Dr. Elizabeth King, psychotherapist, hypnotherapist, author, and motivational speaker, specializing in trauma and women's mental health, and Yvonne Haas, psychotherapist and coach specializing in relationships, couples, and women's issues. This show is your dose of inspiration, information, and laughter. In each episode, Dr. King and Yvonne bring you hacks, tips, and inspiring stories to help you live a successful life. So ladies, grab your lipstick. It's time to do this. The Lipstick Attitude Podcast is powered by Suits, Stilettos, and Lipstick Foundation, a nonprofit movement to empower women and children from all walks of life to be resilient, self-confident, and purposeful leaders through education, mentorship, and community outreach. To learn more, visit sslwomen.org. Please note that this show is intended to empower and educate. It is not meant to be utilized as a substitute for individual therapy. Well, hello everyone. Good morning. Good morning. This is another episode of the Lipstick Attitude and I am your host, Dr. Elizabeth King, and my co-host is Yvonne Haas. Hi, Yvonne. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? I am fabulous. And today we have an amazing guest, Dawn Masler, and uh, she's here with us. Hi, Dawn. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. I say you're here with us, but you're where are you exactly? Are you I'm in Fort Lauderdale? I'm oh, you're still in you. Fort Lauderdale. Yeah. Okay. Good. We have people from all over the world, so it's really interesting to find out where you're calling from. And I say you're here with us. Maybe not so much. You're not here with us, <laughs> just on the Zoom line. So welcome everyone. I hope everyone has subscribed to the Lipstick Attitude. We have amazing episodes, one after the other. Every single one of our guests has incredible information to share with you. And today we have Dawn, and I know you're going to love this particular show, ladies. I know you're going to love it because we had Dawn in our 2017 conference. And I know every woman was glued, taking notes to everything you said, because (laughs) she talks about love, love. Yes. Who doesn't want love? So let me tell you a little bit about Dawn. Dawn is an adjunct biology professor, two-time TEDx speaker, and author of Men Chase, Women Choose the Neuroscience of Meeting, Dating, Losing Your Mind, and Finding True Love. She is also known as the love biologist. Oh my goodness. I want to know, Dawn, welcome, welcome. What is the love biologist? What does that mean? Well, as you know, as I an adjunct professor, so I've been teaching biology for a number of years, but I really wanted to understand love. So I started researching love from a biological standpoint. Most people use their experience and and theories, but I really wanted to know what was happening inside of our brains when it came to love. So that's where the name, the love biologist came from, because I was looking at it from a different standpoint of view than most people look at love. So this is like a science, the science of love. This is the biology of love. Wow. And who would have thought? I thought it was just, you know, romance novels and sappy love songs on the radio, but it's actually a whole entire science unto itself. Yes. I I actually get some people that argue philosophy to me and I'm like, no, no, you don't understand. This is the science of love. It's not the philosophy of like, they come up and say, there's four different types of love. I'm like, no, I don't think so, but. <laughs> <laughs> we, we also appreciate when people tell us how to do our job too. So we understand that <laughs> yes, feeling. Yes. 
Oh. So we basically, I'm looking at what's happening, the, the neuros, neuroscience behind what's happening, what's happening in your brain, what's happening in your body, your responses, those type of things when it comes to attraction, falling in love, and being in love. So how did you, how did, what inspired you to be in this type of work? I mean, I, I understand that love in and of itself might be very inspiring for some, but what inspired you? Well, it was actually kind of a long road. I started out having trouble in relationships. And my first book was The Broken Picker Fixer for women that are attracted to <laughs> That's a great title. <laughs> That's an awesome title. So I, and that was more about like fixing yourself so you attract the right person. And then I got into a relationship and I really wanted to understand love. I wanted to understand how this relationship was kind of working. And I didn't really feel like it was the right, it was, it was love, but it wasn't quite in the right vein. I, I, I guess I wanted more. So I really wanted to really understand love. To be honest, I was almost like trying to manipulate love in a way. <laughs> um, Why not? <laughs> well, I learned why not, because right after I published the book, we ended up breaking up. I <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's I why that. not, right there, that's baby. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, men don't like to be manipulated, so. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> That's hilarious. That's, that's awesome. awesome. That is awesome. That's going to go as the quote we of the day. We laugh about it now, but it wasn't funny when I, I was doing an interview with uh, the woman on in uh, the uh, Atlantic Constitution, and we had just e announced that he was breaking up, and I'm interviewing with her, and I can hear my voice cracking because I was upset Aww. about breaking up, and I'm just like, oh, please don't let her get the, you know, don't let her um, hear this. But uh, it was it was a tough time, but we ended up getting back together, and of course now we're married. But it was it was a learning experience on the other end of it. So what I was really I found I didn't realize what I was doing at the time, but I was like I was trying to figure out love to be able to figure out that relationship. Mm. And, um, I was kind of beating him over the head with the science, and I I finally was able to like let that go. <laughs> So apparently your picker wasn't broken then. No, my, my picker has been fixed. I, I'm married to, <laughs> I am married to a wonderful man, but I needed to be more authentic in the relationship and less in my scientific brain and more in my heart. So congratulations, because you just recently got married to that wonderful man. So congrats. Uh, so I have a question about that. So how did you come to terms that you, the love scientist, the love biologist, didn't have it right as well, far as your application of your theory? Well, you're, you're correct. I, I still had it right. But my application, yes, application. Was, I was strong arming the application process. <laughs> <laughs> so we, wrestling that bad boy to the ground, man. Exactly. So there are several components to love. And the last one is for long-term love is practicing long-term love. And what I was trying, what I ended up doing was I knew the science behind it and I was 
basically presenting it to him like a dissertation. <laughs> Which I wasn't really doing. This is what you have to do. Step one Here says are this. The rules, buddy. <laughs> the rules. And you know what? You were laughing at it and Yvonne and I are laughing with you because we're psychotherapists and we have a lot of theories and, and text knowledge, right? And practical knowledge from our professional experience. But when you are doing it for yourself, you have to be very cautious not to fall into the, this is the box and this is what it needs to look like. And if it's not chucked off, you know, walk, you know, you hit the road, Jack, you know, so you have to really step, step back a little bit. He so, said, he told me he was tired of being a lab experiment. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I've heard that before. <laughs> yeah. My my husband says he's not sure in an argument if he's apologizing because he's actually sorry or if because my therapeutic Jedi mind skills have made him think that he's sorry. And I'm like, well, what's the difference if the argument ends? <laughs> Good point. <laughs> I'm going to use that quote. <laughs> You're welcome to. <laughs> you have been manipulated. Exactly. <laughs> Bam. Totally, totally get it. Totally get it. Well, let's talk a little bit more about the science. So what is the difference between attraction and true love? Because uh, I know you question. talked about that on stage and, and, I, and the women need to know this. What's the difference? Well, so attraction is that usually that feeling with like the butterflies in your stomach and your pupils dilate and your, and your palms get sweaty that's actually the same experience as fear. It's the same <laughs> biological. Really? As it should be. We, we should not tell the men this right now. If you're scared, you're, you're, you're right you're, on. You're good, baby, you're good. There's a, there's, a, there's a subtle line between fear and thrill. Fear and excitement. Yes. So, so fear, uh, excitement is just fear that you're, enjoying and distress is fear you're not enjoying so attraction is really kind of fear that you're enjoying and fear actually in heightens traction so that's one of the reasons why a lot of women are attracted to the bad boy and to mm -hmm. the um, not to the guy that's not necessarily available because that fear they, they did a study and it was on a it was a bridge study where they had people walk along this bridge that was high up and it was really scary. And you look down, it was kind of a rickety bridge. And then they had to meet a person at the end of that bridge or in the middle of the bridge and they measure the attraction. And what they found is that the person that was on that high bridge, as opposed to somebody on a small bridge over a babbling brook had a heightened sense of attraction to meeting the person on the bridge. Wow. So they realized that wow. that, feeling that adrenaline, that norepinephrine that you're secreting is what's causing the attraction. That's why your pupils dilate. That's why time seems to slow because we have that same accident or that if you're involved in an accident, you have that same uh, type of response. If you've ever had a near miss where time kind of slows, you can see what's going on. And it's kind of like that. Uh, it's, you know, almost like in a, in a, underwater feeling because mm -hmm. some of the sound gets distorted out that's the same thing that happens with attraction you walk into the room your eyes meet that the the music stops playing and a different type of music plays and you're all you can see is him that's 
fear, ladies. It's <laughs> <laughs> it's hilarious. That's awesome. But the problem is we we think that's love, and we get into this relationship. And I was get that's I was Mrs. It's called misappropriation of love or misappropriation of attraction. And I was getting to, into these relationship with these guys because I thought, oh, it's got to be love. I had the feeling. And the problem is in order to keep getting that feeling, I had to, he I had to heighten the fear. So we end up getting into these dramatic type relationships, these on again, off again relationships, these fighting relationships, because we're still trying to get that feeling back. So the classic example, and I'm kind of aging myself a little bit, but is uh, Tommy, or was it, it was Pamela Anderson and Tommy Lee, Tommy Lee right. Mm -hmm. They had this crazy on again, off again relationship that ended up uh, at the end of two and a half years uh, ended when he did four months in jail for domestic violence. Mm -hmm. So that's where those relationships tend to be. And that's what I was finding myself into because I didn't understand attraction and love. And then I learned that I learned before I even wrote the book that it was different. And that's when I ended up getting into a different type of relationship. But I didn't have that, that heightened butterfly feeling in this relationship. So I didn't really think it was love. So I had to stay in there long enough to get through the process for me to realize that it was a different type of love so the and there's a there there's a part where you like stay in there long enough to you fall in love falling in love and attraction is different and then falling in love and staying in love is totally different so i used to love to fall in love because falling in love actually shut down parts of my brain uh, mostly the prefrontal cortex, which of course is a very important part of your brain. That's the part of the brain that helps you think. So love does make you a little bit stupid for a time. But <laughs> yes. It, but yeah. it also helps you to forget yourself. So it decreases your anxiety. So it, may, it feels really great. And it lasts for about two years, that falling in love part. In parts of your brain, uh, the amygdala shuts down. That's the part that sounds the alarm. We have parts of the brain that are associated with, um, with fear and um, other things that really are uncomfortable. So falling in love m makes you be like, "Ooh, this is great. You know, uh, so you're not even parts of your brain, the ventral medial prefrontal cortex, the part of the brain that judges the other person. It also judges yourself. That shuts mm -hmm. down to even though you see parts about this person that you fall in love with, they're not quite right. Like maybe he has, um, you know, a black ski mask in his trunk and, and he lives in South Florida. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that should be going, uh, this is a deal breaker, but. <laughs> right. It doesn't register once you doesn't fall register. in love. Yes, right. It, it takes about two years for that to wear off. And then all of a sudden, about two years later, you walk, you come out of it and you're like, uh, there's something wrong and critical judgment returns after about two years. So like even the parts that were not that annoying at the beginning really become annoying. Like, you know, you can't stand the way he chooses food. You know, there's all that kind of stuff comes back and that's where you go into practicing love and not trying to change the person. That was, I, that was the kind of the mistake I did is like, I think you need to change a little. 
<laughs> or a lot or a lot <laughs> or a lot but yeah. you know no judgment so why why then do you is this why you call falling in love temporary insanity and and why is it temporary it seems like for some people it might be permanent no it's temporary so i think what what getting to being in a relationship with somebody is kind of almost unnatural of, to get that close to another person because you do have self-protective mechanisms that are natural. So I think mother nature does this. She decreases your protective mechanisms to be able to get close to people, basically to propagate the species. Unfortunately, it's kind of a, a scientific reason. <laughs> <laughs> it's all about procre procreation, huh? I mean, exactly. You stay long, you stay together long enough for a child to turn one years old and then they're out of the danger zone. Mm -hmm. So oh. you get the you get the the first uh, sexual attraction, the nine months of gestation in the one year of uh, child once the child is born. So that kind of makes why that's where I think the two year rule comes in. Well, that's that's a very interesting theory. I, hmm. You know, I don't know what everybody is here, but I'm I'm a spiritual person, and I'm like thinking, what, God, what what were you thinking? What happened to the rest of the growing of the kid, and <laughs> you know, and seeing the grandkids? Why couldn't God create us where it would be this bliss forever, and people would be on best behavior? But what you're saying, Don, makes so much sense. Uh, well, as a spiritual person, God gave us free will. Right. So you have he you have a full brain. So basically, what what he's doing is kind of decreasing your brain for a little while. But he's <laughs> but you know to help you out. But then giving he's helping it back. you out for a little bit, and then uh, after that, you're on your own kind of thing. Well, but I I heard a study, Don. This might be totally off topic of of what you have studied, but that women are attracted to men by a scent. And the scent, if we're attracted to their particular scent, it actually does not guarantee us love with that person, but does almost does a better job of um, better genetics. I think I told you that. <laughs> I mean, I learned it in high school, not high school, college. I remember going, so now I got to smell a guy. If he smells like something I like, then, you know, but... I thought that that's fascinating. It's it's not really a scent. It's a biomarker that we pick up. It's called the major histocompatibility complex. It's part of our immune system. It's part of the white blood cells. So we are mostly attracted to people of opposite immune systems. Now, if you think about that, that would be more fearful because you're more attracted to the person that's going to be completely opposite of you, right? So it would probably be somebody that looks different from you, has a different language, um, you know, different characteristics, different uh, religion and lifestyle. So that would not, that would not be the, the safe thing to do. So God, so you're basically reducing your fear to get you close to this person. Now, what's the advantage? You have one set of immune cells. He has a completely different set of immune cells the combination would give mm. your child a better immune system. Got it. That, that makes sense. That's why my husband goes to school and works all day with kids and never comes home with anything and then comes home and gives me everything. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's pretty much. Like, how come your kids have snots and now I have snots and you're fine? Like, that doesn't seem fair. 
Exactly. <laughs> Different immune systems. I so, get it. I get it. So, so funny. Um, so you started talking about men and women being different. So do men and women love differently? Do they show, uh, scientifically, do they show love differently? Well, they actually fall in love differently. And this, is, fall- yeah, this is an important part. I did the TEDx talk on how your brain falls in love. And in, that, in that talk, I explained it in depth, but men basically fall in love with testosterone, uh, vasopressin and dopamine. So those those three need to go up, and those go up when he's sexually excited, but not necessarily not necessarily necessarily, necessarily. <laughs> sexually satisfied. Hmm, say so, that again. Explain that, please. So vasopressin goes up with, in testosterone when he's sexually attracted in dopamine, but it decreases when he's sexually satisfied. So if he gets sex early on in the relationship, those drop and he, it may preclude him from falling in love. Oh, wow. So your mother's advice about holding out is stands true. So in my talk, it was my grandmother's advice. And yes, she, she was wise. I knew, I knew that was true. I knew I messed <laughs> that up, man. <laughs> I knew that was true all along. That's, that's been my theory. So the testosterone actually drops when a man commits, which we believe helps precipitate the, it's the falling in love is like an enzymatic effect. So the enzymes increase and then they have a dropping and then the enzyme something happens. That's what we see in biology all the time. So when we see those increases, those, if a man commits the testosterone drops, which may cause the other two products to drop and then that would cause the falling in love. And then that causes the brain to deactivate, all the other things that we just talked about. But here's the difference. For a woman, it's again, it's dopamine. Hers is going to be oxytocin. Hmm. So the oxytocin increases as she kisses, cuddles, gets to, you know, starts dating him and gets excited, but it rapidly increases at orgasm. So if she has a, a sexual uh, relationship early on, she's more likely to fall in love and he's less likely to fall in love. Now, once she falls in love, remember those parts of the brain deactivate. So now that she knows like maybe she shouldn't be going to his house at 10 o'clock at night just because he called for a booty call, but she still <laughs> finds herself walking out the door and she can't understand why. <laughs> Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because she's fallen in love and he hasn't oh my god listen it is amazing we make this stuff work together in relationships we had known yeah. it was all of that at the beginning we might uh we might shy away well so but i'm not saying that all men are like that the higher testosterone men are less likely to fall in love there are some men out there they're actually kind of in that part of my study i was taking testosterone samples of men and I was like, this is really weird. Some have, some that are not in relationships have re- relation, testosterone levels of commitment. Why is that? And the reason is because testosterone is an expensive, for the body wise, an expensive hormone to keep elevated. So that men are on the prowl all the time have elevated testosterone, but men that are not really looking, 
their testosterone will naturally lower. And then if they happen to bump into a woman, they're more quickly, more likely to fall in love quickly, especially if he thinks he's got a big prize. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. So That's it's good. not necessarily all men that you're taking that risk for. So it, I've had people go, well, I had sex early on and we still fell in love. It's like, yeah, it, it doesn't, it doesn't apply. You're, you're taking a risk there um, in, that worked out for you, but it depends on the man. So if you've got a guy that is, really has a lot of women, then he's, he's going to be the higher testosterone guy. And there's a part of the brain called the pursuit spot. The guy that's really in pursuit uh, has higher testosterone levels. So are those our bad boys? Yes. I, I love me some bad boys from a yeah, distance. Bad boys, we call from them a players. We have all kinds of names for them. But the, so when I was doing my initial study with the testosterone, I was actually going into the library at, um, on, at Nova and asking guys if they would spit into my tube. the testosterone level <laughs> exactly so it appears that a lot of the guys that are in the that are spending their friday nights in the library uh, may have lower testosterone <laughs> <laughs> yep that makes total sense so i wonder if, if women should have a little sample tube for them to have the guy spit in there i think you just go to a library on a friday night and take your pick like <laughs> But, but it's not, necessarily, not necessarily true because I did find some guys that were, that were, I had one of the guys, I asked for the sample and I said, are you in a committed relationship? And he said, uh, oh, no, I, the question was, do you cheat? Because mm. that was part of my research. I said, do you cheat? And he handed me his card and went, yes, I do. Wow, <laughs> didn't didn't hold back on that, huh? No. Oh, a man's wow. got a card. I think it's called a player card. That's a player card? flyer card, something. Wow, wow. So um, let's, let, let's ask you this question because I know all of our women listening to, all the women listening to this program are going to be asking this. What would be the top three tips for a woman to find true love? Well, so the top three tips is don't rely just on the feeling. You take the time to get to know the person. And sometimes you may not be uh, necessarily completely attracted to him. But once you start talking to him, it, he'll grow on you. That's the better relationship. Grow on you like a wart. Exactly. <laughs> Like fungus. My husband's like a fungus. <laughs> oh, poor Ryan. <laughs> I mean, just generally. Ryan already knows he's a fun guy. Trust me. <laughs> Tip two is once you fall in love, you get that great feeling and all that stuff, realize that there is a time limit on it. And then you're going to turn into real love. And that's tip three. True love becomes from a feeling to a practice. So you have to start practicing love and then you'll start feeling it. So if you, if you feel like something has happened in my relationship, I lost that loving feeling, all you need to do is work harder at practicing love and then you'll get that feeling back. Because once we start, we, if we look at our brains, the falling in love looks like cocaine, that feeling of cocaine, that craziness. Ooh. And 
being in love is still like, like a drug in a way, but it is in the back of the brain on the opioid receptors. So it's more like heroin. So falling in love is cocaine, being in love is heroin. It's a mellower uh, feeling, but it actually has analgesics abilities, you know, pain relieving abilities. Um, it, it, it also shares neurons with morals and ethics. It's a more wholesome and great feeling love, but it's a different type of love. So understanding those are important at the beginning, at, at every stage of your relationship. You got one more tip to give. That was the third. That was the, the third? third. So yeah. the, real, the attraction, realizing falling in love is limited time period. Oh, the limited time. Okay, yeah. Perfect. And the third is, is the practicing love. So what, what happens to the brain during heartbreak then? Oh, yes. So one of the things that happens in the brain, which is really kind of weird, when we fall in love, we our serotonin level drops. Serotonin is the hormone of happiness. So if we break up, particularly early on in a relationship, it feels really painful because low serotonin is, is associated with depression. Mm -hmm. So that's one of the problems when it comes to, uh, like particularly when a woman falls in love and he doesn't. So she's really left with this, like she's fallen in love, her serotonin level's low, she's in really in dire straits. So gotcha. to, to combat the heartbreak, the best thing you can do is try to take care of yourself. Do things that you find fun. Get out. Don't play those sad songs. Don't watch those sad movies. <laughs> Don't do any of that. Just get out and enjoy yourself. And that brings back your serotonin level more rapidly. So all those movies that they make about sitting there eating bonbons and drinking the bottle of wine and, and prank calling him are probably all bad ideas for your serotonin. The bonbons are okay. Bonbons will boost up your serotonin dopamine a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> but all the rest of it is bad. It just keeps it lower. Mm. Interesting. And, and, uh, and of course, alcohol is a depressant. Yeah. So you're throwing that on top of being depressed. That's bad too. How about getting out and getting a rebound right away? So what is it? The best way to get over a man is getting underneath another one? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think about that? <laughs> um, Does that help? Sounds good. You can, I would, I would date without sex though, because you're in a position where you're more likely to fall in love again and, and create the problem all over again. Mm. But it, you can get out and start dating, just avoid the sex for a while. Good, yeah. good advice. Good advice. Well, I think that was the same advice we should take when we meet the guy that we like too, is avoid the sex for a while then. Absolutely. Yeah. Remember, he's more likely to fall in love by delaying the sex. So ladies, when you're out there, tell him it's not that you don't want to sleep with him. It's just that you're avoiding sex so that you can fall in love and see if that guy sticks around. Yeah, well, you probably don't want to say that. <laughs> no, absolutely remember not. I, remember I talked about commitment. So the commitment drops the testosterone level, which precipitates him falling in love. Mm -hmm. So that's the only conversation you need to have is if you get in a mutually exclusive relationship, he's more likely to fall in love. I love it. So speaking of the commitment test, you were at our 2017 uh, Suits to Letters and Lipstick Conference and you spoke about the commitment test. And I'm sure a lot of our ladies went home and said to their husband, boy, do I have a test for you to take? You know, so what 
whatever happened with that commitment test that you talked so, about? As you can imagine, I got a lot of pushback from that test. Most men did not like that idea whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> I can't imagine and, why. <laughs> and a lot of women didn't like it either. They were like, All right, this is terrible. I want to be able to, it takes the mystery out of love. So I didn't just throw away the whole test idea. What I did was I continued on with it. And what I learned is that there's a much bigger market for like low testosterone, uh, bodybuilders. So we're going forward with Biggie Bioscience on, on creating the test. We're not gonna call it under commitment as being a commitment test. However, you can use it that way if you know the secret. <laughs> oh, awesome. Is that already out on the market? Are no, you... it's still in development. We got pushed back because of COVID. My developer oh. uh, went into the instant COVID test um, to help out, you know, the, with of the course. pandemic. Okay, awesome. Um, so hope, to, hope to have it next year, 2021. We're 2020, where everybody's just kind of like, yeah. Mm, <laughs> We're just going to yeah. skip it. Exactly. That, that year went. <laughs> yes. Well, the good thing about 2020 is it given us all an opportunity to sit back and not really sit back because I think I'm working harder than ever, but to give us a, an opportunity to work on things that we had, you know, in our heads and our minds forever. And so 2020 has given us an opportunity to, to take a launch on all of those ideas and it, it, by 2020, got clear vision, perfect yeah, vision, right? Perfect mm -hmm. vision, yeah. You know, I had put down, it's interesting that you say that, Dawn, because my word for this year was clarity. And then when COVID happened, I said, okay, there goes that idea. And honestly, now in October, at the end of October, beginning of November, I have never been so clear on the, what I want to do with my life and how I see my journey moving forward. So clarity has in a roundabout way become the thing, 2020 for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's hard to predict how things work. Oh my goodness, it's crazy. For sure, for sure. So what what would be the, what would you wanna make sure that our listeners take from your message today, be they men or women? Um, well, life is, a, life is a process, it's a rolling process, but what I like to, to take from the whole love thing is that love is a process. It does take steps and it does take time. So don't jump into it. You know, just take your time, realize what you want and take care of yourself is the big one. Yeah, for sure. Well, this question we ask all of our guests because we feel that what we do in SSL is help people find their voice and help them define their legacy. And so I, I always love to end our, our program with asking the question, what do you hope your legacy to be? So oftentimes people don't think they're creating legacy because they think of legacy as someone like uh, Bill Gates or, but we all create legacy. What, what do you hope your legacy to be, Don? You, when you first mentioned that, I was like, I, I'm too young to have a legacy yet. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess my legacy would be don't be don't be afraid to make mistakes just mm -hmm. keep going forward so you know I, 
I published the book, my relationship broke up. It felt like a mistake, but we got back together. Um, the, I started the test, it didn't quite, I got a lot of pushback, but I'm going in a different direction. So we're still developing. So it just, just keep moving forward and don't worry about mistakes. I love it. Oh, I, I think when, when you talk about legacy and that you're too young to create your legacy, um, I say, no, not at all. You're creating your legacy. Everything that you're talking about is creating a legacy because it's making an impact on people. And that's what legacy is, is how do you impact people? And you certainly are. What you just shared right now, I am sure will touch millions of lives because if people just share that information, how many times would could you have saved yourself from heartache or just the, the understanding of where heartache is coming from? Uh, and what is really happening in your body uh, when you fall in love or you think you're falling in love? Oh, those are very important questions. So the work that you're doing, the talks that you're delivering and the message that you're sharing, I think are definitely a, a big time legacy. So mm -hmm. thank you so much, Dawn, for, for doing that, especially for women, because women are constantly asking the question, you know, how do I know when Mr. Wright comes along? How do I know, it, you know, how to not screw this up again? And I think you're answering all of those questions um, in a nutshell. So thank you again. Well, thank you for saying that. I really yeah. appreciate you. I love it. I love it. And if nothing else, carry around your little test tube and say to the guy, <laughs> please sit in this in test here. tube. I'd like to have a few things tested. Don't worry about it. Worry. A bit. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> this day and age, we not only have to give them the spit in the tube, but also the swab of the nose. Yeah. We want to know if COVID. I need to know your spit and your nose swab results. Thank you very much. Yeah. <laughs> well, your credit, and possibly your credit score. Yeah. All important information. All important information. I just need to know, is this going to work or are you just Mr. for the moment? Well, okay. you know, in, in my practice, I have my ladies uh, and some gentlemen that I work with on, on love issues. I have them create a uh, non-negotiable list. And so I would love for them to have all of this information that you shared with their non-negotiable list and see how much better they will do the next time they select a partner. Absolutely, absolutely. Right? Yes. Yeah, that so. would be awesome. So speaking of that, Don, and we'll put it in the show notes, of course, but are there any social media links or how can people find you if they want to learn more? Uh, right now, the best way to find me is on Facebook under Dawn Masler uh, hyphen Biggie, my new last name, B-I-G-G-I-E. That is the coolest last name right there. That is awesome. I married Mr. Biggie. You married Mr. Biggie. It's and like you can Mr. name, if you, if you have dogs, you can name them Biggie Smalls. Exactly. Like the rapper. You know that uh, that Sex in the City show, there's Mr. Big there, but you yeah. have Mr. Biggie. <laughs> so it's even better. <laughs> the interesting thing is when I started writing, I had a column in a, a magazine called Dawn Self, Sex in South Florida. Oh, I ever met Mr. Biggie. Oh, wow. That's, that's really funny. That is really funny. <laughs> so you're we'll the original we'll sex in our city then. Yeah, we need to see Don, you on the bus, you know, on the bus, uh, on the side yeah, of the exactly. bus. <laughs> yeah. 
That's awesome. I love it. Oh my gosh. You out. <laughs> I love it. All right. Oh, We're all ready right, for this. Ladies. We are ready for this. So let's do it. Lipstick is our war paint and it's what we put on to go out and face the world. It definitely symbolizes our resilience and strength and courage. Listen, ladies, life is going to throw us a bunch of curveballs and wrenches along the way. But if you've got your lipstick attitude on, you'll not only be a survivor, you'll be a thriver. So here we go. Amen to that. Thank you so much, Dawn. You were awesome. I loved sharing this time with you and uh, getting more information that I can pass along to my patients. I love are, it. Are seeking this love forever. Um, and I hope that you will come back and join us again, because I know we could talk for hours with you. Thank you Absolutely. so much. Absolutely. I love your work. I love being involved with your clan and your tribe. And Thank you. you're doing fantastic work. Thank you so much. Everyone have a wonderful one. Keep sassy. And don't forget to go on our website, sslwomen.org. We're doing a lot of great things. We have a toy drive coming up. Uh, make sure you're part of that. Uh, let's help the children December 9th, put it on the save the calendar. And also make sure that you have subscribed to the podcast so that you can get notified every single time there's a new podcast. We love you guys. And just make sure that you go out there and do your thing because you know what? You're very special and you are enough. Have a great one. Thank you so much. Thank you, Don. Thank you. Bye.